Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey guys, before we get to the season finale of Tower 4, I just want to tell you that our friends at Voyage Media have a new scripted podcast series called Red Meat Village. The show is a neo-noir contemporary thriller set in New York City. It follows an unusual private eye team that is tasked with finding a woman named Destiny in a dangerous neighborhood. The series stars Catherine Bell, whom you might know from Jag and the Good Witch, and Malik Yoba, who I hope I'm pronouncing correctly, from Cool Runnings and Copland. It's fun and action-packed, and the whole series is out right now. You can check it out at redmeatvillage.com. Also, wait after the credits of this episode of Tower 4 for a clip from the first episode. Once again... Go to redmeatvillage.com and you can listen to the whole series right now. Thanks and enjoy the season finale of Tower 4. Seven Lamb Productions presents Tower 4. Season 2. Episode 10. Them. going but I know I needed to get away I was in the woods trying not to run face first into a tree Amber was right the storm was moving in and it couldn't have been at a worse time I moved the flashlight over the tree trunks and bushes I heard movements on my left Jesus were they following me I couldn't believe what I saw creepy man had bashed Lance's face in. That horrific image stuck with me as I ran erratically through the woods. I had my bow in my left hand and my flashlight in my right. Every so often I would stop and look around. I didn't see anything. Or hear anything. Maybe I was... Jesus! Fuck! No, no, not now. I turned it off. Although maybe I should call Amber for help, but... Would that even work? Odds are, classical music was about to play. Shit. Movement. I spun around with my flashlight, the beam shaking with my nervousness. I saw movement in some bushes. Dark figure. Shit. Oh, God. I can't believe they followed me. Fine. They want to play that way? Put the backpack on the ground, laying the flashlight on top. And I readied my bow. I only had a few arrows, but I'd make them count. Whoever's out there, I just want you to know I'm armed. I've been running for 30 minutes. I couldn't believe they'd followed me. I know you're there! 
with my flashlight pointing in front of me and my bow at the ready. It was hard to check my surroundings, but I did my best, using a little bit of moonlight that was present. Although if it started to rain, I was screwed. More movement. My left. Now a figure on my right. It moved from tree to tree, staying in the darkness. I'm serious! Fucking hell, Mike. You definitely should have left now. I see you! There was another figure to my left. Two of them, actually. I see all of you! But that was a lie. I had no idea how many there were, or what they wanted, other than possibly to bash my fucking head in. Oh, God. Four fingers slowly wrapped around the bark of a tree trunk directly ahead. An eye, part of a nose and mouth peeked around the side. The man had long, scraggly hair. I see you! He was about twenty yards ahead, not frightened of the flashlight beam. He even looked like he might be smiling. There was movement on all sides. Another figure ran and crawled into some bushes. Crawling? Fucking seriously? We were getting closer. There had to be five, maybe six figures. There was even movement behind me. I was surrounded, yet I stayed put, bow ready. Fine! Come on! Come on! The figures moved in the darkness stealthily. But they were getting even closer. Come on! This is gonna be one hell of a way to go out. For some reason I had a flash of past events like my breakup with Sarah. The shouting matches over Melinda. Mom lying there on her hospital bed. Unmoving. Dad driving off down the road, leaving me forever. I even thought about prom. Last time I saw Calvin. My unfinished book. And... And... Focus, Mike. Focus. All right. Come on! Shit! A flash of lightning, but then darkness. The clouds had come in. The moonlight. Gone. Oh, man. That's when I saw the figures appear from the corner of my eye. Two of them from the side ran at me. Shit! I turned to the right without much time to think. Fire. But I missed! One of the figures ducked away, then went into a full-blown crawl. Charged, I tried to load another arrow, but instead I was knocked down. The figure crawled out of the way and into some bushes. The other kicked my bow away. No! Two more figures came running into the fray. I pulled my knife and slashed, but they both jumped back. I saw another one with mangy hair down to its knees. I grabbed my flashlight. No! I smashed it into a tree. I was drowned in complete darkness now. With the cloud cover, I was blind. That is until lightning bright in the area, showing me just how many I was up against. There were at least seven, and that was just in my current view. Shit. One of the creatures ran by and slashed my face with a knife. Sharp nails, I couldn't tell. I felt warm blood gush from the wound. I tried to get up, but another figure grabbed my pack and threw it at me, hitting me in the back of the head and knocking me forward. I rolled down a small hill and hit my head hard. My knife... I lost my knife. I frantically searched for it in the leaves, but it wasn't there. That's when a figure pounced on me and yanked, so I was laying on my back, looking up at it. Or should I say him? Again, lightning bright in the area. That's when I saw who had me pinned. It was the same scrawny, crooked-teeth, sunken-eyed man I had seen standing over Lance. And once again, he held a rock. He held it up and grinned. My mind was fuzzy. I was exhausted. 
I could no longer fight back. The man didn't bring down the rock. What was he waiting for? It's going to rain any minute now. The storm was moving in quickly. Not that it mattered now. The scrawny man looked up through the tree branches at the dark sky. What was happening? My vision was blurring. I was losing focus. Still waiting for that rock to come down any minute. But it didn't. The man climbed off slowly, all the while looking up. Was that thunder? No. No. It wasn't. That was a helicopter and it was getting louder. More figures came into view. With the lightning, I could see them all looking up at the canopy. At the sky. What were they doing? The scrawny man dropped the rock. It seemed like they were all in a trance. Two more figures came into my blurry view as the helicopter approached. One of them was clearly a woman, but she looked like she was missing an eye. It was almost directly overhead now. The figures began to look around nervously in a panic. Were they frightened? I fought my urge to sleep. I wanted to know what was going on. I wanted to see my attackers. They scurried around, frightened. One let out a horrible yell and they all scattered into the woods. Out of view as the helicopter was now directly overhead. I tried to focus. I tried to see through the dark canopy. Even with the lightning, I saw nothing. Now my vision was completely blurred and my adrenaline had gone. I was weak, tired, and in pain. I couldn't hear the figures around me with the helicopter overhead, but it seemed like they'd all run off. Eventually, the helicopter passed and the woods were quiet, save for the cicadas. It was peaceful now. And while I knew I shouldn't, I closed my eyes. I wanted to sleep. Just get a quick rest in. And that's what I did. I heard my parents shouting. Couldn't hear what they were saying, though. Didn't matter, I knew it wasn't good. I sat up in bed, staring at the door. Dad had told me to go back to sleep. But I couldn't sleep. Then I heard him leave. I turned towards the window, his car started up. I wanted to see, but the bed shook. I stayed put. Oh no. The bed was rising. I tried keeping my balance as it rose toward the ceiling. I ducked, but it didn't matter. I floated right through it. I was outside, and there was Dad driving off again. Down the road, onto the ramp, onto the highway. The city lights flickered, went out, and came back on. I wanted to yell for him, but what good would it do? No, I couldn't yell. I had to go to him. Ground, it was so far down now. Why was I so nervous right now? Just jump. You can jump or fly. Yeah, Mike. Fly. 
just then chains came up and wrapped around my wrists and legs and chest. They pinned my tiny body to the bed. I struggled, but it was of no use. I was stuck. I continued to drift toward the clouds, but they were a dark gray. I saw lightning. I got closer and closer. Where was I floating to? How high would I go? First raindrop hit me in the forehead, then another. As I floated up, the rain was colder, harder, more lightning. I struggled in the chains again, I wanted out. The rain soaked the bed, made it heavy, but that didn't stop it rising higher and higher. The water was so cold. It came down even harder, stinging my body. I tried to turn away from it. The water was becoming too much. I felt like I was drowning even though my tiny mouth wasn't open. Why couldn't I get away? I was drowning. I was drowning. What the hell? My head was throbbing. Oh God. I was cold and exhausted. The area for which I sat was a small little ditch and it was full of water now. Jesus. I nearly drowned. <coughs> I climbed out and leaned against a tree. I woke up from a nightmare into another nightmare. Lightning flashed, allowing me to see my backpack with the contents strewn about. I couldn't find everything, but what I did find, I put into my pack. My sleeping bag, some torn clothes, a half-empty bag of trail mix, a can of mixed fruit, my first aid kit that had been cracked and emptied. I found my tent, but the thing was ripped to shreds. I packed it anyway. It was so cold, but moving helped. I only found one arrow by my bow, and I couldn't find my flashlight. No matter. I remembered it was broken, and so was my radio. I found it laying in a shallow puddle. Thing was smashed to bits. I walked around seeing if I could find anything else. No luck. I couldn't find my compass, that knife, or any other food. After taking a quick break to catch my breath, I surveyed the area again, trying to see the thick sheets of rain. But after another minute of searching for lost contents, I decided to give up. I was in so much pain that it hurt to even put on my backpack. I had no idea where I was heading, but I knew I just needed to get out, just in case those guys came back.
I'd been walking for hours, albeit slowly. I had no idea where I was going, and a few times I still felt like I got turned around, but still, I pressed on. It wasn't raining as hard as before. The storm was passing, hopefully it'd be gone soon. I was still so cold. <sighs> My body, it was sore as all hell. Okay. Okay, time to rest. I sat for a moment. I made some distance, at least I hoped I did. My tent was shredded, so I pulled out my sleeping bag. This will have to do. I hung it over some low-lying branches of a near tree, growing a misshapen bee. It was good enough. It kept me out of the rain a little, even though I was already drenched. And eventually water started seeping through. <sighs> Just let it pass. That's all. Lightning struck brightening the area, revealing a field to my right. Please tell me I hadn't made it back to that damn field. I didn't see a cart in that quick flash, but it was still disheartening. Where the hell was I? <coughs> Minutes passed. Another flash of lightning spiderweb through the clouds. This time I got a glimpse of something else. Something on a tree about five yards away. <coughs> Yep, just what I thought. Another eye carving. Great. slowly parted. I'd fallen asleep under my makeshift tent. Because water had seeped through my sleeping bag, I'd ended up throwing my torn tent over the branches as well. That provided better cover. I heard someone walking. They were close. I pulled the tent cloth up and peered into the woods. It was early morning. There was a light fog covering the forest floor and the field to my right. Please be a deer. I couldn't take any more of what happened last night. Still, I readied my bow with the only arrow I had left. I leaned out of my tent area, searching. Whoever or whatever it was was getting closer. I started thinking my radio was on, but no. I didn't have my radio anymore. That was someone else's and it was much further away. Holy shit. The person was startled. Now running. I stood and looked around, peering into the fog, searching wildly for whatever it was making the noise. 
then a flash of movement. A figure appeared in the fog to my right. I went to the wood line to get a better view. The figure ran through the tall grass into the middle of the field. Was it one of those guys that attacked me last night? The figure was heading towards some rocks when... I flinched, startled by the shots. What the hell? The figure tumbled into the fog and grass, completely disappearing from view. Holy shit. Someone shot him. I looked around, nervously holding the bow back up. But the woods were quiet. Wait. Movement. Another figure appeared in the wood line, about 50 yards away. This person looked different. They were built, wearing tactical gear consisting of a helmet, gloves, pads, and what looked like body armor. The man had a thick beard and some kind of goggles. He also had a rifle for which he kept pointed at the figure he just shot. The bearded man made his way to his victim and peered down. He wanted to know what he saw, but it was too far in the fog, too thick. Eventually, the bearded man slung his rifle back to his side and touched his ear. Possibly a headset? It looked like he was talking to someone. I stood there in awe, watching the man. But that's when I realized I wasn't hidden. That realization came too late as the man turned my way and froze. We locked eyes. Oh, shit. Wait. He slowly reached down to his rifle. Fuck. Wait, 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 wait! Shit! I dove to the ground. The bullets were tearing up the trees around me. I looked up to see my tent and sleeping bag peppered with holes. There was no talking to this guy. I rolled along the ground until I was behind a tree. The fog was still thick, which helped me. I leaned up a bit and looked back behind the tree and saw a dark outline of the man approaching. Okay, Mike. Time to go. Stay down. I grabbed my bow and one arrow and kept low. I knew he couldn't see me, but that didn't stop him from firing. I had to hurry and find new cover. Then I had one chance to take a shot. What bullets did this guy have? He didn't seem like the others, so maybe I could reason with him. I crawled my way to a clipping of bushes. I pulled myself through and got up on a knee. I readied the bow. Okay. I heard him. He was close. I decided to take a chance. Don't shoot! Oh shit. Did that work? I peered through the bushes to see the outline of the figure no more than 20 yards away. Don't shoot! My name's... Fuck! I cover again as the bullets tore through the bushes around me. I crawled to a big tree and pressed against it. Well, that didn't work. Looks like I have to resort to this. I readied my arrow again. One shot. One fucking shot. The man was close. He knew where I was. The bark was splintering with every shot. The shots were getting closer to my head as he rounded the tree. Okay. Holy shit. He was reloading. This was my chance. I spun out from behind the tree, took quick aim, and fired. <clears throat> Holy shit. I hit him. Right in his chest. He looked to be in shock. But then he calmly reached up and pulled the arrow out. Oh, fuck. It must have barely penetrated his armor. He gave a little smirk as he dropped the arrow to the ground. He stepped on it. I was frozen with fear. Where could I go? What could I do? He had me dead to rights. I held my breath. I lived through last night just to die at the hands of this mysterious armored asshole. He aimed and... Jesus Christ. Several bullets tore through the air. Two through his arm, one through his neck. Several more hit his arm. Didn't save him this time. Another bullet hit him right in the head as he tried to face his attacker, but his body dropped. I dropped too, but out of fear of being hit myself, 
I don't know who fired at him, but the bullets came from my right. Someone was approaching. I pushed back against the tree again, waiting for the culprit. They stopped. I peered around the tree ever so slightly, just to catch a glimpse. Holy shit. Jerry? (coughs) I got there. He stumbled toward me. Oh, man. Was he shot? Jerry! He fell to the ground, a crumpled mess. Jesus. <coughs> I'm hurt. Picked him up and leaned him against a tree. There. He was holding his side. He slowly moved his deformed hand to see. There was a lot of blood. Were you shot? Yes. Down there. Jesus. First Lance, now you? What the hell happened down there? I set them free. Them? I I wanted to to help. They wouldn't happen to be the ones that attacked me last night. Nearly bashed my head in with a rock. They hurt you? They almost killed me, Jerry. No. No. Mistake. Mistake. It must be a mistake. They seemed pretty excited to do it. They killed the other guy, one of the ones that took you below. Yes. They killed... The other one, too. That's why they must run now. Like me. Like me. Batman there? I motioned to the bearded man now staring blankly at the treetops. I think he killed one in the grass in the field. I tried to help. I was so confused. Jerry helped some of them weird scrawny people escape and now there were people hunting them? I wondered if I had that right, but talking to Jerry was never easy. Jerry, what exactly is going on? You got down there, what did you see? We locked eyes. Pain. Pain? (laughs) And you were shot down there when you were helping? Yes. Yes. We need to get you out of here, except I don't know where here is. Site... four. Site four? Yes. This is a camping site? Yes. (coughs) Lance mentioned Sector 4. Now we were at Site 4? Just more confusion adding to an already confusing night. Is Site 4 close to the highway? He nodded weakly. And trail. Trail? Which trail? Windwalk? Yes. The realization set in. Oh man, should I do that? Jerry needed help. They will... (coughs) They will watch road. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure they will right now. So instead, I think we should head somewhere else. Where? Jerry had directed me along a small trail from Site 4. The trail was overgrown, much like that of the one at Enos Lake. He mentioned how he came out of the bunker over here somewhere, not far from Site 4. I figured that explained the eye carving. I... I know, Jerry, I know. We'll take a break soon, just keep pushing. 
We'd been walking for over an hour now, and I could feel him getting weaker with every passing minute. Where are we going? They watch roads. They watch. Jerry, stop talking. I got you, okay? He hung his head and concentrated on breathing. His deformed hand hung over my shoulder as I carried him. I got a good look at it now. I wondered if it was some kind of birth defect, yet the other people, the ones that attacked me at night, some of them seemed deformed as well. We still had miles to go, but Jerry said this overgrown path would intersect with wind walks, so we kept pushing. We're definitely heading the right direction, right? Yes. North. That, that way. Good. Hang in there. I used my last spare shirt to wrap around Jerry's wound. My backpack was nearly empty now. I still had my bow, though, just no arrows. Wait. Wait, wait. Jerry stumbled. Shit, okay, okay. <laughs> I lowered him to the ground. Where do we go? <sighs> Jerry, we need to get you help. No. No roads. We're not heading for the highway. We're heading for... No! Jerry! He struggled to get up. He finally realized our destination. Jerry, please! No, no. Don't trust them. Don't trust. <coughs> Jerry, you need to relax. We need to get you help. Otherwise, you're going to die out here. You hear me? I saw a tear slide down his cheek. I did not. I did not find her. I sat across from him on the wet ground. No? No. I'm sorry, Jerry. I wish I could help more, but this has all gotten way out of hand. I almost died last night. Whoever they are that you set free, they almost killed me. No, no. Mistake. Just mistake. That may be so, but it doesn't change the fact that I'm lucky to be alive right now, and so were you. You helped save me, Jerry. Now it's my turn to save you. Now, judging from what you said earlier, and accounting for how long we've walked already, and this is a total guess, I think we have about three or four more miles. I need you to push. Another tear slid down his cheek. Can you do that, Jerry? Don't trust them. Trust me, Jerry. Trust me. wasn't doing so well now. He was bleeding out quickly, a trail of blood behind us. I was mostly dragging him now. I wasn't sure how much time had passed since our last rest, but we were moving much slower. No. No. My arms and my back were killing me. Where the fuck was... Yes! The trees parted ahead and there in the small opening was another trail that had to be Windwalk. Stay with me, Jerry. We're almost there. As we got closer, the trail widened and in the distance, less than a mile away, peeking over the ridge. I saw it. Look, Jerry! Look! But his eyes were closed and he went limp. No, 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 no! Stay with me! Shit! He fell from my grasp. Come on, come on! I shook him, but his breathing had slowed. Jerry, wake up! 
We're, we're right there. Water, food, first aid, medicine, a bed. I'll get you all sorts of stuff. We'll change your bandage. Have you feeling better in no time? Damn it. Fine. Stay here. Stay awake. Shit. I had to do something and fast. I turned to the tower. Okay, okay. to the gravel lot that the tower stood on. I saw the outhouse and shack to the left of the tower, the opposite of the way mine was situated. I looked up but couldn't see through the glare of the windows high above. I caught my breath and was about to ascend the staircase when the outhouse door opened. She walked out, wiping her hands on her pant leg until she saw me. That's when she froze. My heart was beating rapidly and it wasn't because I just ran the last mile. Uh, can I help you? I'm... Uh, I'm hoping so. She looked at me quizzically. Sorry to, uh, just pop in, but I need your help. Her jaw literally dropped. Holy fucking shitballs. Mikey? Sorry. I'm a little underdressed. But it seemed like my joke didn't quite land. She was still frozen in her spot. What are you doing here? It didn't seem like she was happy to see me. I... I need your help. She looked down at herself, pinched her shirt, grimaced. Why didn't you tell me you were coming? I would've... I should've... Amber, I don't have time to explain. I need water, your first aid kit, and any medicine you may have. Why? What the hell is going on? What the hell happened to you? But all I did was mention Jerry and rush her to pack some things. She seemed super skeptical, but still in shock with our meeting. So she packed a bag and I led her down the trail. We didn't say much until we were heading back to Jerry. I'm sorry for rushing you, but it's urgent. Mike, I... All of this is really weird. I... She stopped walking. No, Amber, please, we have to hurry. I went back and grabbed her arm and pulled her forward. Please. Okay, okay. It's just... I wish... You said something about coming. My radio's broken. Why didn't you use the spare? Because I don't have it. I didn't come from my tower. Where did you come from? Well, Site 4, I guess. Site 4? It's been a crazy couple nights. But as we talked, she kept her head down. 
I figured the gears were turning in her head as she tried to make sense of all this. I couldn't imagine what she was thinking, especially now with how I looked, bloodied, dirtied, and beaten. I probably didn't smell so good either. Amber, I'm sorry, but this was the only thing I could think of. Mike, I'm sorry too. For what? For mine. My heart skipped a beat. What did she mean? I... I... wasn't completely honest with you, and I think you see that now. Then I realized, yeah, well, Amber, if that's all you lied about, then we're fine. Amber was a little thicker than I imagined she would be, but that wasn't what she was talking about. She meant her age. I shouldn't have done that. She looked to be in her mid to late 40s, but I didn't dare ask. (laughs) I wasn't exactly who you pictured when we talked, huh? Was I? Close. Oh, well. You gotta understand, I... I sometimes get carried away with the job. Being alone, only talking to people over a radio. Amber, you don't have to explain. But I bet you were expecting some fit, athletic, early 30s chick, huh? Well, only because you mentioned your usual workouts and you told me your age. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. Amber, it really isn't a big deal. Although it did cement my distrust for her. Not that I cared that much right now. The most important thing was reaching Jerry and getting him help. And we were almost there. It's just around this bend. Okay. But when we reached him, he was still. No more slow breathing. No more anything. No, Jerry! Jerry! Jerry, we're back! Jerry! I tried to shake him awake, but it wasn't working. He felt cold. I kept shaking, though, hoping to jolt him awake. Jerry! I checked his pulse. Nothing. No... His deformed hand fell to the side, palm up, and in his hand was the picture. The picture of him and the red-headed girl with large doe eyes and freckles. I grabbed it and stared at the Polaroid, my heart actually aching. Shit. I actually wanted to cry right now. What the fuck? Mike, I'm... I'm confused. I told you, Amber. Crazy shit's been happening for months, but things got way worse when I decided to help Jerry. There's a bunker. I, I was in it. I, I was trying to help Jerry, help him find the bunker, help him find this girl. I held the photo up to her. She took it, staring at it for a long while. There's something happening in these woods. There are people. Mike. Not hikers, not campers, crazy people with guns and uh, uh, a monster and shit. I almost died last night. I almost was killed this morning too. Jerry saved my life. If he didn't make it to site four when he did, I'd be dead. No more Mikey. Everything I've been telling you, everything about the numbers and the music and the, the whispers. Mike. It's all true in hell. I even eavesdropped on a couple of conversations you and Gene had. I heard you guys talking. Maybe you're in on it. Maybe you and Gene know everything that's going on and you're just going along with it all. Mike. The point is, it's real. People are dead. Jerry is dead. And most importantly, it means that I'm not crazy because you see it too, right? Right? But here you are contemplating probably working on some sort of excuse for it all or maybe a straight-up lie but she didn't respond right away i stood there staring at her trying to force myself to relax waiting for confirmation but her eyes moved from me to the picture to the lifeless body then back to me mike all i wanted to say was 
that's not Jerry. Tower 4, written and edited by Robert M. Lamb, starring Jack Austin as Mike, Gina Coyle as Amber, Brian Messick as Jean, co-starring Ariel Hack, Ryan Glover, Douglas Solway, and Shoji Bixby. Music provided by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com and Brett Wilkins at Facebook.com slash WilkinsMusicFL. If you enjoyed Tower 4, visit 7lamb.com for more podcasts such as this one. Also, don't forget to follow 7lamb on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at 7lamb Podcasts. This has been a 7lamb production. And now a clip from the first episode of Red Meat Village. Red Meat Village, Red Meat Village, Red Meat Village. You hear three lunatics robbed a cartel drop in Brooklyn last night? I guess I'm not as plugged in as you are. 2.4 million worth of coke. What, someone stop and weigh it? Just what I heard. What name you gonna use in the contest? Humphrey Van Waden. <laughs> oh, why not Hubert C. Hornswingle? Two cumbers. Yeah, that Humphrey Van Waden just rolls off the tongue. You and Gail are the only ones who know why I chose that name. You're going down, Reggie. Worse than you did when you fought Big Sleep. How long are you gonna keep bringing that up? I won the fight, didn't I? <laughs> Please. You sat on that mat like you just slapped your mom. Lose a fight then. I'll have something else to bring. Bet on it. See what odds you can get. Yeah, right. I don't have your kind of money. Speaking of, I'm late to make a couple hundred bucks to illuminate the minds of our youth. <laughs> Let me know how that tenure works out. Hey, mine was a backhanded compliment. I sighed and looked up from the manuscript I was working on. In a few months, I'd probably be denied tenure. My first book had been well-received. My only shot to retain employment was to finish the second one quickly and effectively. Even then, it was a long shot. Too many people in the department resented me. Many had reason to. The truth was, I was half in, half out. I had a second career of sorts. Lisa Flowers. She leaned toward me across the desk. I noticed, as always, the reddish-brown shoulder-length hair, the dark, intelligent eyes, and most and worst of all, the glittering diamond and gold band on her left hand. My sister's gone, Tony. For how long? Long enough that I came to tell you. Where was she last? Brownsville. 
Uh, Red Meat Village. Tony, she was an honor student. She was going to grad school here. Sounds like she was smart enough to choose better friends. <sighs> you're all heart. I see why your students love you. Hey, I'm a philosophy professor and a writer trying to complete a manuscript. That's all. You're a do-good part-time private investigator. Solving cases that no one else can. May I? She knew she didn't need to ask, and sat down before I answered. Anthony. <sighs> Internally, I groaned. She never used my proper name. I knew the request that was coming. Mrs. Flowers. This wasn't a married name. I neglected the doctor title of this part-time psychology professor and full-time psychotherapist. I knew both what she wanted and that I couldn't refuse her. She smiled. <laughs> she knew it too. Find her, Tony, please. She's my kid's sister. She's in trouble. So, uh, if I help, you divorcing? Nicholas Bueno, Nikki Good on the street, was her Argentine husband, uh, ne'er-do-well, never known to hold a job, leeching off his wife, hooked on bodybuilding, steroids, and coke. Her dark eyes heated as they always did when I disparaged her man. If he heard that, he'd bend you in half for the fun of it. Even when annoyed, like now, her diction, her accent, and her alluring eyes always retained the upscale demeanor of her Upper West Side upbringing. I stared at her. I knew she'd run with Hell's Kitchen Tufts when she was a rebellious teenager, but I never saw a sign of it. Yeah, Reggie might not approve of my new shape. Why'd you marry him, anyway? Smart women, foolish choices. Why do you stay married to him? <laughs> she got up and walked to the door. She turned, and now her eyes were serious. Please, find her. You can listen to the whole series right now at redmeatvillage.com. Item number SCP-5186. SCP-7160. SCP-7533. Object class. Euclid. Keter. Safe. Special containment procedures. <laughs> Spreading across the hemisphere and kicking up vast amounts of ash and dust. <laughs> the only thing I could hear was 7219 <laughs> laughing. Do you remember your name? Counseling. Appointment update. I feel them again. Heartland Counseling. Appointment update. They're in my ears! Heartland Counseling. Appointment update. Nobody understands! SCP Archives is a weekly fiction podcast. Each episode, we dive into the strange, the unknown, and the... Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or at scparchives.com.